Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats with Chaudhry. I hope you're safe and well. Today, I'm continuing a series I'm doing with RSL looking at the different areas of analytical testing. And today, we're going to be looking at particle characterization in pharma with Caroline Welch, who is the senior scientist one, and Wendy Hulks, who's senior scientist two, in the physical sciences department at RSSL. So how are you both? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, also good, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. And so uh, where are you guys calling in from? So Caroline, where are you calling in from? You, you look like you're not in the office today. I'm not. I'm calling from my dining room. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Wendy, where are you calling in from? I'm on site at the Reading site. Fantastic. All right. So before we start talking about uh, particle characterization, could one of you give me a quick overview of RSSL and then also uh, give a little background on your, yourselves as well, if you don't mind. So Caroline, would you like to do that? Yeah, that's not a problem. Um, so you gave our really RSSL specific job titles, <laughs> Senior Scientist 1 and 2, um, and that's within our Physical Sciences Department at RSSL. Um, but RSSL overall is a contract research organisation uh, for both the food industry and the pharmaceutical industry, um, helping anyone to develop new products, solve problems with their existing products, just routine testing. So we're there to help um, anyone who needs a bit of science done. Fantastic. Um, myself. <laughs> um, I did my chemistry degree and master's um, in London a few years ago, and I actually came to RSSL straight afterwards. Um, so I've now been in the physical sciences department looking after particle characterization for six years now, which is a crazy amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Wendy, your background? Uh, I did a degree in chemistry um, and I did a PhD in pharmaceutics and drug delivery. I've uh, worked in both academia and industrial settings, so quite a broad range. Uh, I've been at RSSL nearly two years now. Fantastic. So let's start talking about particle characterization. So Wendy, this is to you. First question is, what is particle characterization? It's quite a broad range, really. Um, it's mainly looking at size and shape of particles, but it can also include things like structural analysis. Uh, but today we're just going to focus on particle sizing. Right. Okay. Well, then my first question uh, now is that what is particle size or why is particle size important for pharmaceutical uh, formulations? Um, so I'll take that one. Um, I guess the most basic answer is because all the regulatory bodies say that you have to. They say that you have to test it. They say that you have to care. Um, so everyone does particle size testing. Um, but the reason that is, is because... Well, we take pharmaceuticals all the time and everyone thinks, you know, from the picture that comes into your head is a tablet and that's your pharmaceutical. But actually, it's everything. It could be a cream or a gel or your inhaler, your eye drops, your ear drops. Kind of, they're all actually particulate systems. Sure. Um, and the way that being a particulate system has an impact, um, the most important one is the bioavailability um, and the particle size of your drug within that product will affect how quickly it gets into your body, how much of it gets into your body. And all of that obviously impacts whether it's gonna have the effect on your body that it needs to and make you better. Um, but there's also a whole list of things <laughs> that the particle properties affect, like the stability of the product, um, whether the product is uniform, the right. appearance of the product, whether you can even process the product and make it. <laughs> so many, many reasons. Right, Wendy, have you got anything to add to that? 
Um, yeah, so just sort of give an example. If we look at the tablets that Kaz mentioned, so things like mixing, granulation, compressing the tablets, getting the coating on there is affected by the particle size. It also affects the tabletability of a product. If it's not uniform granules, it might not tablet properly. And right. the dissolution rate is also proportional to the size of the APIs. Right, okay. So yeah. how do you go about... Uh, measuring the particle size distribution then within a drug? So I'll start on this one. Um, there's a variety of methods, but laser diffraction is ubiquitous and it's referenced in pharmacopoeias. Right. Um, it's not without its flaws. It's a volume-based technique, so it's very sensitive to coarse particles, so it can be skewed, the data can be skewed. If you've got one large particle, it can affect your results. Um, and it also assumes that all particles are spherical. So if you've got things like needles, you might get two different distributions. Um, here at RSSL, we've got master sizes. So we've got 2,000 in the newer model, which is a 3,000. Uh, I right. think Kaz wants yeah, to... So... Yeah. No, so I was just going to say, like, we use the Marvel master sizes because they are everywhere. Marvel panelists right. who make them are very effective at distributing <laughs> their instruments <laughs> all over the world. Um, so we kind of keep up with that and use that laser diffraction te technique right? Okay. because it works for so many industries and so many clients and as a contact research organization we want to help as many people as possible right. um, but we also do loads of microscopy and lots of image analysis on that microscopy there's really basic techniques like sieving as well which can also be really helpful in sizing particles um, but one of the things that Wendy mentioned is the master size of 2000 and the master size of 3000, which are basically old and new versions of the same instrument. Right. Um, what we spend a lot, a lot of time doing now, especially this year, um, is transferring from that old instrument to the new instrument just to keep all our clients really up to date on their methods. Because after early next year, the master size of 2000, kind of, there isn't going to be support for that anymore all the spare parts are running out. If anyone is reliant on that, then they're going to be a bit screwed when it comes to their analysis. So we are, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a difficult situation. Um, so we're doing loads of work to take all those methods from one instrument, um, make them work on the newer instrument, which is sometimes incredibly easy because obviously they work on exactly the same principle. Right. Um, sometimes it's not because the geometry of the new instrument is a bit different all of the algorithms inside have changed. Um, in a lot of ways, it's much, much better. Um, but we often are re-optimizing these methods to still give the same results, even though it's a different newer piece of kit. Right. And then people can be happy, have peace of mind that their testing can continue on for years to come. <laughs> right, okay. Something comes into my mind though, you know, hate me chucking a question in that you're not expecting, but, um, when you when you are measuring particle size distribution what is the biggest challenge though you face when you're doing the measurement process i mean you said you've got different methods but what is the sort of most common challenge you have when you're trying to get those measurements right today we might give different answers maybe we should both answer this one <laughs> yeah well, well from your point of view karen what would be the biggest challenge for, karen would be the biggest challenge for you um i would say for me it's understanding what aspect of the particle size is the important one. Right. So like Wendy measured, Wendy mentioned, 
the Marvin master sizes and laser diffraction as a technique as a whole assumes that everything is a sphere, um, which is really nice and easy because then we just have the diameter of a sphere, one number, it's really nice. Um, but then for some applications like making tablets, um, making substances that need to flow like thick pastes or anything like that, the shape of the particle is really important. So it's actually kind of discussing with the client and saying, are you okay if we use a technique where everything is assumed to be a sphere? Right. Or actually, do you want us to use a technique because the longest length is more important? Or maybe the ratio between the shortest width and the longest length, maybe that is the most important size parameter. So there's so many different sizes that you can use. It's not just size. <laughs> and so for me, the hardest bit is understanding and deciding which one to use. But you kind of you always have that conversation to work it out. Right. So, so just following off of that, though, because you said the sizes, it depends what you're measuring. And you said you talked to the client. So is that more dependent on what the client needs or is that what the pharmacopoeia has said you need to measure for that particular sort of API or drug? Um, again, it really depends. Like Often laser diffraction is specified for that material and that assumes it's a sphere. So we absolutely have to. Right. Um, but for the pharmaceutical industry as a whole, Particle size analysis isn't necessary because knowing that your particles are five microns in size is really, really useful. <laughs> it's understanding how the size of your particles relates to how fast they dissolve or how those particles flow when you're trying to make it. So it's it's not like you want to know the size just for the purpose of knowing the size. It's all about correlating it to something else, like how you process it, the consumer experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes we have to, we just have to do laser diffraction. Um, but then a lot of the time it's understanding about what the particle size is going to mean for the product Fine. Okay. and therefore what type of size we have to measure. Sure. Yeah. And Wendy, what about you? I mean, is, is that the same challenges for you that Caroline mentioned or do you have, is there something else which comes into your mind, which you think is a, is a difficulty that you have to overcome when you're doing these sort of measurements? I think I was going to say something similar to what Caroline's already said. I think there's it's it's not just the size it's the shape as well because that can affect the measurements fine okay so also i mean do you just measure the particle size of drugs and apis or are there other things that you measure as well um well we measure the excipients as well so if you've got a pharmaceutical i mean you might have the most amazing api in the world but if you yep. can't get it into the body by a delivery system so a tablet or a, a liquid or a suspension then it's, it's absolutely useless as a drug Right. Um, so we had things like bulking agents, binders, disintegrants. And a lot of those are picked specifically because of the particle size. And if you can't, if it can't work properly, then we might have to modify it. So we could like mill it or grind it to get it to work, to get the right size. Um, so imagine, say, you've got a box of muesli at home. Yeah. If you shake it up, you've got all the big chunks at the top. You've got the sediments at the bottom. You get similar effects in APIs when they've been manufactured. Right. So we, know, we do know that happens. And obviously you either get a massive dose of API or nothing if it's not if the particle size isn't controlled properly, which obviously you don't want. Um, sorry, go on. No, no, I was going to say that's a really great way of explaining it. So I, I'm visualising, I had my Alpine this morning actually, <laughs> so I'll be visualising it straight away. <laughs> so that's excellent. Cool. Sorry, I stopped you. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Um, so, yeah, it's not just particle size. It's things like surface properties, so roughness right. as well can have an impact um, how you design your system. 
Um, yeah. I say, like it's like Wendy was saying with the muesli, kind of you can either make everything exactly the same size so that when you shake the box of muesli, you don't get the separation out between the big and the small, or you can design kind of totally different things. You could design so that one of your excipient has a really kind of rough pitted surface and then your tiny API particles fit into all the little pits and grooves on the surface and then you get a nice blend that way instead of having all the particles exactly the same size and I'm so glad I don't work in kind of pharmaceutical formulation because it's so complicated and there's so many things you can do <clears throat> but they're the ones who kind of have to come up with their kind of designed and engineered ways of making kind of a uniform blend and making everything work with their particles and then we just come up with ways of checking that it's working and helping to solve the problem <laughs> fantastic well no, thank you for the explanation both of you i mean that's been really interesting to, to hear more about that so what are the current trends then within uh particle measurement sense i mean uh, what are the trends that you're seeing at the moment and how do you think uh, things will develop going forward <clears throat> there's actually so many <laughs> um i'm going to give a couple if that's okay <laughs> sure um so one of the first trends which has actually been going on for a long time is this move away from just size to looking at size but the rest of the particle properties as well so looking at the shape looking at the surface roughness the surface charge the amount of water that it takes up kind of all of those kind of things right and not just being reliant on the size so that's one of the trends and like one of the newest fun things that we can do now is has a very fancy name <laughs> and it's called morphologically directed raman spectroscopy right okay i know <laughs> and what all those big four words all just mean is that even in your drug product so your api plus all the excipients like wendy was talking about you can disperse them, spread them all out nicely, and then look at them with this instrument. And it takes a really nice photo of every single particle. And so from that photo, you can determine the size, the shape, the aspect ratio, all of those parameters that we've been talking about. Um, but it also takes a Raman spectrum of every particle. So you have your chemical information. Right. So you can get everything that we've been talking about for all of the different ingredients, your API, your excipient one, excipient two, separately from analysing them in the mixture all at the same time. That's cool. Which is a very fun piece of kit and it's a very nice new toy that we get to play with. So that's yeah. one of our favourite current trends. <laughs> um, but a much wider current trend is smaller particles. Particles right. have to be smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> um, kind of... I think why, quite why a long time. Be, why do they have to be smaller? Yeah. So, so many um, new chemical entities as drug products now, um, they either have really poor dissolution or really solu poor solubility. Right. And so that bio bioavailability that I mentioned, getting them into your body um, is actually really hard. Um, and so people are kind of engineering their particles. And if you can get down to 100 nanometers, so really incredibly tiny, then you have so much higher surface area that things dissolve so much more quickly. If you can get down even smaller, then actually the intrinsic solubility can sometimes increase. Um, 
So people are trying all kinds of things. Sometimes it's just get the particles, make them much smaller. So you have a nanoparticle formulation yeah. um, or you could um, make the particles really small and then hide them inside a liposome or, or a micelle. And all of these are different types of nano formulation that mean the big particles are so much smaller so that when you rub them on your skin, when you take them in a tablet, however, they get into your body so much more effectively. Right, okay. So yeah, make the particles smaller. That is a current trend. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Wendy, have you got any trends to add to that? Um, sort of generic generic pharmaceuticals. So same drug substance is sold by different companies. So you've got the main supplier and then you get companies come along and they'll try and make their own version. Um, but they have to be proven to be biosimilar or bioequivalent. Right. So... And in some cases, because of the particle size, so if you've got an inhaled drug, it needs to be similar particle size. Right. Okay. And what are the uh, sort of techniques that you use for those particular types of products? Um, well, we've got our our wonderful Malvins systems. We've also got the DLS uh, microscopic uh, microscopic techniques. Very tongue twisted. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think all the same techniques that we have been speaking about, except instead of trying to correlate between um, the drug product and how fast it dissolves or anything else that's going on, we're trying to correlate between the new person's generic drug yep. and the one that already exists. So it's, it's like the same thing, but the whole focus is, is it the same? Because if it's the same, that's fine. It can be approved for use. <laughs> straight away because the first one was approved for you so it's, we just have to prove it's the same <laughs> right so without getting into brand names maybe a, a well-known coke brand and then a known label coke brand and, and comparing the two together maybe and see that's similar. <laughs> <laughs> just like that <laughs> yeah without getting into particular brand names but anyway all yeah. right so thank you very much i think that's what we've got time for but that's really interesting and i've learned a lot more hopefully the viewers have learned a lot more about uh particle measurements and particle characterization as well as some of the techniques being used and some of the trends so where can people get more information they'd like to know more about what RSSL are doing and also the different techniques uh, that you've been talking about today well I think just go to the RSSL website um, <laughs> there's lots of information um, lots of specific information about the specific department that we work in so head to that page um, and you can also just email our inquiries at RSSL team as well if you have a really specific question and then you'll get passed through to us fantastic all right well look caroline wendy thank you very much for your time that was really interesting i learned a lot in a very short space of time so thank you for sharing and i hope you as viewers found that useful as well you can check out the rsl website it will be above the video and also links to white papers and if you've got any questions for caroline and wendy because they've shown how knowledgeable they are already today then feel free to leave any questions below the video for them i'm sure they'll be happy to answer them and i'm sure they're on linkedin as well so you can send some messages as well so caroline wendy thank you very much for your time it's lovely to see you today i wish you a wonderful week and uh, a wonderful summer and hopefully the sun will be shining where you are ready today because it's a bit cloudy where i'm in surrey right now yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and thank you oh, viewers thank you watching. so much okay thank no, no, you thank you thank you viewers for watching i hope you found that interesting until next time as always stay well and stay safe Bye bye <laughs>